Welcome to the Power Podcast and our 2020 theme, Power Perspective. I'm your host, Malia Warner, here to discuss ideas to help you change your life for the better by seeing things in a new way. Welcome to episode 65, The Power of Empty Space. Hi, friends, and welcome. So glad you are here today. This is one of my favorite topics. It's a great topic. I know I say that so often because there are a lot of great topics. This is one I have really looked forward to doing for a long time. I like this topic so much. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the main theme of the next book I write, possibly even the title. Can't commit, but a little teaser there for sure. Before we dive in, how is everyone doing? We are, what, week four into coronavirus quarantine? So I hope you are well. Hope you're hanging in there. Just keep on keeping on. That's the best we can do. Today's topic, the power of empty space, really fits into this strange new world we're experiencing right now where a lot of us have more empty space than we are accustomed to. More empty calendars, more empty options, even more empty shelves as grocery stores are limited in what they're stacked up with. Our to-do lists are possibly more empty. Our lists of responsibilities or obligations have cleared up for a lot of us who maybe teach Sunday school classes or are involved with church. We don't have those responsibilities right now. My husband isn't coaching Little League soccer this spring. When I got into my van to drive to the local nursery the other day, I thought, do I even remember how to drive? I used to live in this car. I would make three to four trips to the junior high school a day, and I haven't been in my car for two weeks. And I want to acknowledge that there are many people out there who at this time are more busy than ever, are medical caregivers, people in any kind of public service, especially grocery workers and delivery workers. Anybody that packages supplies and necessary items of any kind, thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for the risk that you put yourself in. Thank you. Thank you for your long hours. I am not one of those people. And if you, like me, have found yourself with extra time and extra space, this podcast is especially for you. As humans, we have a natural tendency to resist empty. We don't like empty. If we have an empty house, we want to fill it with furniture and decorations. If we have empty bellies, we want to fill our bellies with food, satisfy our hunger and our cravings. If we have empty calendars, we want to fill them up. If we have an empty moment of time, we get a little nervous, a little panic, like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I got to do something. What am I going to do? And during COVID-19, we are looking at a lot of empty. So today's episode is an opportunity to ask ourselves a few questions. How do I respond to empty space, to empty time? Does empty make me uncomfortable? The goal for today's discussion is to expand our perspective of the power of empty space. A couple of nights ago, as I was scripting and preparing to record this podcast, I had a dream. And my dream was that my entire neighborhood was coming over to my house for dinner and I had to feed them. And in my dream, I was trying to decide what to cook and make sure that I had enough tables and chairs and everything necessary. And I was frenzied and overwhelmed. You know, that feeling of having a dinner party, having house guests coming over and wanting to make sure that everything is clean and prepared and that the hot food is going to still be hot and that the cold food will still be cold. Maybe I was dreaming this because with school out, I have all four of my boys home for all three meals a day. 
and three of them are teenagers. So it kind of feels like feeding the neighborhood three times a day. And because we're making fewer trips to the grocery store, you should see the tower of bread stacked on my counter to get us through from one grocery trip to the next. In my regular life, my pre-COVID-19 life, my brain was often thinking of, oh, who I could or should invite over to dinner. Friends I haven't seen in a long time, family, oh, maybe that new family that moved in, maybe we should have them over. Three years ago, my oldest graduated from high school and soon after left for a two-year mission in South Africa. And we had a series of social celebrations during this time when he was graduating and leaving. And I fed people at my house every Sunday for five weeks in a row. And you know, when you feed people at your house, that is a lot of mental and physical preparation. Well, with the COVID quarantine, I won't have guests at my house. It's not even an option. So with the option of inviting people over for dinner off the table, so to speak, I'm noticing a freed up amount of brain capacity in that space where I would normally mull over options for inviting and hosting people for dinner. Is anyone else noticing this a little extra space in the brain? Because choices and options that existed before aren't even on the list anymore. Especially I noticed that first and second week of quarantine, I would just automatically, my brain would go, oh, where should we go tonight? What should we do? Should we go to a museum or an amusement park or a national park? Maybe a concert or a play or a sporting event? With those options off the list, we are looking at a whole lot of blank space. And how is that working for you? How are you feeling about it? Do you love it? Is it the best thing you've ever experienced? Does it make you feel anxious and get butterflies in your stomach? The way this podcast is going to work today is I'm going to discuss examples of things that we tend to not like to be empty and how we instinctively have this urgency to fill up anything that is empty, whether it is an empty vase or the pet's food dish. And then we are going to gain new perspective about how empty space can not only be good, but be powerful. We are going to learn the principle of pure potentiality and uncover the remarkable power of having empty space in our life. And I am going to give three ideas, three things you can easily do to crack open this power of empty space in your daily life. It's probably already cracked quite a bit open just because of the quarantine circumstances that we're in. So first, let's explore our human nature, our human tendency to fill things up. When we see something empty, we want to put things there. I would love to take an audience poll and find out, does anyone out there right now have an empty cupboard? or an empty drawer, or an empty shelf in their house? Maybe if you've just moved in and are in the process of unpacking boxes, you might have some empty shelves. I don't. I don't have a single empty shelf or drawer or cupboard. Isn't it interesting how the stuff we have naturally expands to fill the amount of space we have? If I took everything we own right now and moved into a house twice as large 
in no time the shelves and cupboards of that new house would be full as well. When I was about 25, 26 years old, you know, just last week, my husband and I, we bought our first house. It had more square footage than anything we'd ever owned before. We had two small children. I definitely would not need all 10 of my fingers to list major pieces of furniture that we owned. A piano, a master bed. We had a blue couch and love seat. We had two cribs. We did not even have a toddler bed. We did not own a dining table. We used a foldable card table and folding chairs. We had a dryer. So that's not even 10 fingers. So we took that amount of possessions and put it into this house. And by the time we distributed those eight, nine things among the various rooms, it looked very empty particularly because the previous owner of the house had been a professional interior decorator. In fact, she had a regular appearance on a home decorating show. And so when we had first toured the house and fallen in love with the house, and I had even taken photos of the house, it had been filled to the brim with immaculate decorations. Think of a model home on steroids and that was this house. So that was the image that I had in my mind of this house we were buying. And then she moved herself and all of her Ethan Allen furniture and fine home decor out. And we moved in with a secondhand recliner and a couple of folding chairs. And at that time, it became my life's work, my day-to-day -day obsession to fill that empty house. I was the one staying at home. I was the quote unquote homemaker. And I believed it was my job to turn that house, to get that house to the level of model home splendor that it had once been. And I was supposed to do it all with a new family budget and two toddlers who were basically spinning machines of stickiness. I spent hours perusing garage sales and furniture warehouses, scouring for furniture and decor at bargain prices to fill my empty space. I watched hours of home decorating television to get ideas. I had fantasies that Paige Davis would knock on my door with her trading spaces team and say that I had been selected for a trading spaces home makeover. Trying to fill that empty space was like an itch I could not scratch. What are other things we aren't comfortable with being empty? Our bellies, of course. An empty belly, a hungry belly, we want to satisfy that immediately. Empty calendars, thus the phenomenon of the daytime planner. We don't feel successful unless every time slot is filled with productive-looking endeavors. We feel we must maximize the efficient to-do list until we measure our worth by the weight of our calendar. We don't like blank spaces after our names. We want to fill those blank spaces in with initials, giving us a sense that our life has greater value with more letters, PhD, MD, LCSW, NPQRL. 
I'm not saying don't become a doctor or don't get a college education or a specialty license or improve a skill or a talent. I'm just making the observation of our discomfort with empty space and inviting us to pay attention to what we grab for to fill that space. When you're hungry, when your belly is empty, what do you reach for? It's usually the quickest, easiest, highest calorie, lowest nutrition type item, isn't it? It's usually the manufactured processed food. We are in a most unique time in the world. Global quarantines have cleaned out our schedules, emptied our to-do closets, reduced the overwhelming selection of options and choices, and thus opened our calendars and our lives to this pure potential of empty space. But this rare pocket of time and space will come to an end. When it's over, what are we going to put back into this empty space? Are we going to fill it with all the same old stuff? Or are we going to leave some space open for new potential? Yesterday, my husband and boys cleaned out their garage. Now, the way my husband cleans is he gets everything out. He takes out everything, washes it all down, and then only puts back in the stuff he really wants to keep. And then the stuff I beg him not to throw away. He has taught me a lot about cleaning. I used to clean by just moving things around, even the spice cupboard. I would just lift things up and dust under them, slide things over, clean a little bit, or rearrange. I did a lot of cleaning rearranging, which was just moving things to a different place, and then a few days they would be completely unorganized again. Many years ago, I took a home organization class, a cleaning class, and the instructor teaching about kitchens said, you know that junky utensil drawer that you have where all of your whisks get tangled up together? She said, take everything out of it. Clean it, wipe it all down, get all the crumbs out, and then before you put anything back in, you look at it and then you say, are you a friend or a foe? Ask, is this tool useful? Does it function well or is it broken? Is it a repeat of other tools? Do I use it every day or at least once a week? If yes, then it goes in the drawer. What's left, you decide to throw away, donate, or store downstairs or in a place where you can get to it once a month or once a year when you are going to use it. Today's power perspective is that empty space is pure potential. Empty space is limitless possibility. When you have space, anything can go there. The possibilities are endless. You have an hour of time. What could exist in that hour? It's unlimited potential. You could talk with a friend. You could meet a president. You could make a discovery. You could have an adventure. You could watch something on Netflix. But the minute you choose how to fill the space, the limitless potential is gone. Now that hour will only be one thing, an hour of Netflix, an hour of exploration, an hour of stargazing. And I'm not saying any of this is good or bad or that one action is more valuable than another. Today, we are simply exploring how filling up empty things limits their potential. And the rest of the podcast, I'm going to be offering three actionable doables to activate the power of empty space in your life. And you may already be experiencing this, as I think a lot of us are, this power of having openings. 
So the first one is easy and not so easy. Number one, be open to leaving empty space. Observe yourself. Notice the natural tendency to want to fill things up, whether it's a drawer or a to-do list or a space of time. In the documentary, The Secret, and I believe it's on Netflix right now. That's a good quarantine documentary for you to watch. You can watch it with your whole family. It's called The Secret. There's a story of a woman who wanted to find love. She wanted connection, relationship. She was ready for marriage. She wanted a family. And a teacher asked her to describe her garage. And the woman said, I own my own home. I have a two-car garage. And the teacher asked, well, where do you park your car? And the woman said, well, I park it right in the center. And the teacher said, so you don't have room for another car in your garage. The woman began parking to one side and leaving space open in her garage and symbolically in her life for the potential relationship she wanted. Are we leaving space in our lives for the things we want most? We often live crowded lives, then wonder why we don't get what we want. Something magical happens when we create space. So number two is a simple challenge, a simple invitation to do something deliberately today, this week, to create space in your life. It's just a practice, just an experiment. Try it and see what happens. Maybe completely clean off one shelf of your closet or empty a drawer. Maybe instead of a to-do list with multiple items, maybe choose one thing. If you could only do one thing today, what is the one thing that would be the very most important for you? And then only do that one thing and let the rest be. One of my favorite all-time books is by the author Virginia Pierce, P-E-A-R-C-E, entitled A Heart Like His. And the book talks about opening our hearts. She tells about an experiment that she did with some ladies from her neighborhood, and they agreed to have a meaningful connection with another human being throughout their week until they met again, but it could not involve adding anything to their to-do list. For example, they couldn't bake cookies or make a casserole or mow someone's lawn. What they could do was set the intention of having an open heart and then be open to circumstances and situations that flowed to them during the day. And the book chronicles some of the stories, the encounters and experiences these women had experimenting with opening their heart. So there's a simple invitation for you. Create space somewhere in your life this week, whether in your heart or in a drawer or on a closet shelf or on your calendar. Now, I promise your first instinct, even right now, even right now, as you think about it, because I do this too, is, well, yes, but what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to put there? When this space is open, then what? Then what's going to go there? Create the space, leave it open, resist the urge to fill it with something. And then you'll ask, well, what? Is it just supposed to remain empty? Maybe. Maybe that will be a good practice to just leave something empty. But what will more likely happen is that something will come into your life. 
something better than what was in that space before. So number one, observe yourself. Notice where you tend to fill empty spaces in your life and relax and practice leaving space open. Number two goes a little more specifically to actually do something to create space, whether it's clean a shelf, clear a calendar, or deliberately set the intention of opening your heart. So number three is overcoming fear by changing how you think about empty space. When you feel fear of not having, doing, or being enough, Notice how that fear fills inside of you. Notice what your brain tells you, what your brain tells you about, oh, this isn't enough. You don't have enough. You need to be doing something right now. This is too empty. And then the way you overcome fear is you change those thoughts and you choose to think, you tell your brain, I have enough. I have exactly what I need. I follow a storyteller named Matthew Dix. I'm on his email list and every week he sends an email and he tells great, simple stories. And I want to share his story from this week. He talks about COVID-19 and he says there's been much worry with this pandemic, but for him, one of the biggest worries has been the loss of precious childhood. You only get to be a child for this short period of your life. And now the coronavirus has canceled Little League seasons and dance recitals and vacations and field trips and play dates and afternoons at the playground and traditional schooling and so much more. And he said, I find myself worrying that these important, precious childhood days are being lost forever. And then I received a wake up call. Last week, we took the kids to the park. We avoided the playground equipment, of course, and kept our distance from others. Instead, we walked around the pond and tossed rocks into the water. After making a complete circuit of the trails, the kids asked if they could run in the field. Of course, I said, and they were off, running and jumping and giggling for far longer than I would have expected. Eventually, they plopped themselves down into the grass about 50 feet away and began pointing at the sky and laughing uncontrollably. It took me a moment to realize what they were doing. Finding shapes in the clouds. Hilariously so. At one point, I heard my son say, that one looks like it's pooping out an asteroid. After about 20 minutes of cloud watching, I called to them, telling them it was time to go. They protested, please, please, just a little while longer. We acquiesced, of course, then watched as they continued to point and giggle and roll around on the grass. Finally, we were able to pry them away from the field and clouds and make our way back to the car. As we climbed inside, my daughter said, this was the best day of the whole year. My son chimed in agreement. The whole year, I asked, like from January 1st through to today, or just the best day of the coronavirus quarantine? My daughter said, The best day of the whole year I loved today. Just like that, my concerns over lost childhood days were gone. An enormous weight was lifted from my shoulders. My kids are fine, happy even. Yeah, they'd love to be able to play with the neighbors, and yes, they miss their teachers and their classmates. And yes, it would be nice if we were departing for Niagara Falls today as originally planned. But it turns out that they don't need any of those things to be happy. I had to agree, it might have been the best day of the whole year. 
I love this evolution of perspective demonstrated in Matthew Dick's story, changing initially from the sadness of the loss over his kids' regular and perhaps even overscheduled activities to the awe-inspiring discovery of cloud watching. Empty space has full potential, limitless possibility. Filled space is defined, set, determined. This isn't bad. We don't want to live empty lives. We don't want nothingness. But it's good to be conscious of our tendency to rush to fill everything to the maximum capacity, whether it be our closets, our bellies, or our calendars. Perhaps the greatest discovery of empty space is that in that space, I realize I already have everything I need. My life as it is, is awesome. In this moment, I lack nothing. If I could go back to my 26-year-old self, I would tell her to stop fretting about filling that house with furniture and decorations and stop and look around at the people in the house. Girl, you had everything you needed right there already. You were happy. Your family was happy. And there wasn't one piece of furniture you could have set up in a bedroom or one piece of art you could have hung on your wall that would have added one more drop of happiness to what you already had. Your bucket in its emptiness was overflowing. Isn't this what we seek in life? Abundance that overflows but also leaves room for more abundance. Abundance that is at once overflowing but also uncrowded. Abundance of everything needed and with room for more abundance of what may come. What amazing potential could open in our lives when we leave space open to the possibilities, when we embrace the power of empty space. This is Malia Warner. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Power Podcast. Today has been an introduction. On next week's episode, we are going to explore the power of leaving open space between life transitions. I call it the power of playing the rests. And it will be next week on Power Principles, the podcast. Until then, my friends, take care. Be safe, stay healthy. Meet you back here next week. Bye-bye.